Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Each week, Raina Pomeroy, the life and biz success coach, and Christina Scalera, the attorney for creatives, are taking you up close and personal with successful influencers in the creative community and tackling your biggest business hurdles. Their mission is to help you, creative entrepreneurs, think beyond your daily biz so you can make the brave decisions that build your creative empire. Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Raina and I are joined today by Kara Chase. Kara Chase is a Pinterest marketing and Squarespace design expert. They are her jam. She started in social media marketing in 2011. Woo, that was a long time ago, Kara, by managing 13 million fans across 17 social media accounts for a worldwide brand. That is insane. Since then, Kara has gone on to create hashtag campaigns for cities and their tourism boards, websites for entertainers and small businesses, and online courses to help online entrepreneurs like you figure out this whole digital marketing puzzle for their business. So when Kara's not geeking out on Pinterest and Squarespace, she's listening to music, reading in fuzzy slippers, or entertaining her kiddo with dance parties and doing the quote-unquote funny faces on Snapchat. Welcome, Kara. It's so great to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to chat with you guys today. Yeah, and we thought it would be fun to start our chat off with something that is kind of the... What, what should we call it? Like the Bigfoot of online marketing. Sure. Promoted pins are really interesting. So before we get into that, walk us through this 2011 Renaissance Kara who was doing all these amazing things. <laughs> sure. Well, so I'll give you the shortest version that I can. There's been a lot of things that have happened in the last several years. So my first career out of college, I was recruited as a special agent for the government. I worked as a special agent for 10 years, realized several years into it that it was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I didn't want to spend 30 years working for the bureaucracy and the red tape and all of that nonsense, that I was far more creative than that. And I needed, I just needed to do something different. So I left the government with no idea what I was going to do. And I got hooked up with this band. So for any of you listening that are maybe a little more old school, you might remember the 90s thrash metal band Megadeth. If you do, cool. If you don't, that's also cool. I'm not going to judge you. But they've been around a long time. They're still very active. They're still putting out albums. And I was unemployed and was part of their fan club and was moderating their Facebook page. So when I started in 2011, they had about 6 million fans on their Facebook page. I was on there all the time because I had nothing better to do while I was figuring out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I was keeping off, you know, the spam and the hate and discontent and all the silliness that goes on with a fan page of that size on Facebook. And I started realizing that they were just so missing the boat with social media marketing. You know, all they were talking about was here's this photo from this concert and here's our album, buy it, you know, that kind of stuff. And they really weren't engaging a lot with the, with the fans. And this is super common, especially in the music industry. So literally everything that I learned in social media was self-taught from seeing what they were missing and educating myself on how they could do things differently. And I was looking for sources way outside the industry because it didn't seem like there were very many 
bands or musicians that were doing it right. So I got a lot of inspiration, a lot of education from looking at, you know, just totally different industries and companies, how they were doing their marketing and engaging. So this was way back before Instagram. I, you know, learned all about Instagram. I started their Instagram profiles, started their hashtag campaigns. I mean, it was just, it was a wild ride. It was a lot of fun. So by the time I left, after a couple years, I was managing the figure that you said in my intro, which was 13 million fans across 17 social media accounts. It was insane. It was a lot of fun. So I have no formal, like I went to this class or I did this thing. Like it was completely self-taught. And what was really cool was that I got to be the bridge between the fans and the band. And being in that really unique position to be able to facilitate needs and conversations and engagement campaigns and all the stuff that we did was just, it was super fun to do. And music fans are the best. I mean, there's no other group of people that are more willing to engage than somebody that loves, you know, a band or a musician or what have you. So that's, that's as short as I think I could get it for what I was doing in 2011. Basically, Kara is a badass. <laughs> and that's what you need to be taking away from this. I every time I interact with you, Kara, it's just like so cool to hear your story and just see the, the path that you've been on. We've interviewed a lot of people on this podcast who have a lot of creative endeavors happening. But like your story is just really different from being, you know, the federal agent to having this like managing the social media platform that's enormous to having your own business now. So tell us like, what does the the bread and butter of your business now look like? Now it looks like Pinterest marketing and Squarespace design. So when I started my own business a few years ago, I was doing all of social media and digital marketing because that's what I was doing for the band and just kind of everything involved in that. So I was doing management of every social media platform. I was doing website design. I was doing email campaigns. I was doing blog strategies, like all of it. Because I think when we, a lot of us, when we start down this entrepreneur journey, we just want to do anything that we feel we could reasonably do and get paid for. So I did a couple of years of that. And over the course of the couple of years, I was really able to fine tune you know, this is what I really love doing. This is what I don't love doing. These are the kind of clients I like. And these are the kind of clients I don't like. And it's really been right about a year now that I decided to totally niche down into Pinterest marketing because it's the only online digital marketing platform. I won't call it social media, but it's the only online digital marketing platform that I have found just works time and time again. And you can really draw that straight line between your efforts and the return on your investment, whether it's time or money or both. And Squarespace for me is something that it's super creative for me. It's my creative project outlet. It's how I get to be the most creative in my business. So I've hung on to that as another offering that I do because it, it fulfills a whole nother part of my personality and what I like doing. 
So good. And we're going to dive into Pinterest for sure. I was actually just at a Pinterest conference and I absolutely loved the experience. I will self-admittedly have not put a whole lot of time into Pinterest in the past couple of months. And I realized that this is a platform that I think we have been neglecting and we can really do a better job at. And I now see the potential for a lot of evergreen content. And I'd love for you to just maybe make a case for why people should choose Pinterest over or maybe like prioritize Pinterest over some of the others? Yeah, absolutely. So the key word that you hit on there is evergreen. There's no other platform out there where your content not only lives on and on, but it actually gathers steam the longer it's on there. For example, my viral pin that is out there is from a blog from 2015 It still is in my top five every month for driving traffic, and I still get email signups every single day from this blog from three years ago. So uh, if you are looking to drive more traffic, if you create consistent content, whether it's video, blogs, however you like to create content and put it on your website, If you have those evergreen funnels that you have set up or are wanting to set up, it's completely different than any other platform in that once you do a post, it is seeded out there in Pinterest feed forever. And it just keeps growing and growing as far as the impressions and how it gets surfaced in the feed on Pinterest. I'm just pulling out my Facebook versus Pinterest statistics. I'm looking at my Facebook last month. We reached... And again, we did a big launch. Like we had our semi-annual mm-hmm. sale as we're recording this. So this was a little bit higher than normal on Facebook. But still, 90,000 people that we that were exposed to our brand mm-hmm. or a post of some sort on Facebook didn't do anything different on Pinterest. Guess how many? I wouldn't even venture a guess. Just tell me. Okay. So 250,000 monthly viewers to my Pinterest feed. Bam! So that's like us working our butts off to face to beat the Facebook algorithm mm-hmm. versus just like running some automated software on Pinterest. Yeah. So one of the things about Facebook, and I'm not, I mean, I love Pinterest, obviously. I'm not going to knock all the other social media platforms because they all have their own strategies and they all have their own uses. But we know when we do things on Facebook, that post is going to get buried super quickly. When you do an ad, once the ad dollars are gone, that ad is gone. It has a very short lifespan and it is so hard to reach your audience. On Pinterest, first of all, it's not social media. It's a visual search engine. It is a way for people to find your content based on the keywords you put up, using good graphics, All of these best practices that work with any other search engine and SEO best practices, and it can easily be the number one traffic driver to your site. So my aha moment with Pinterest was this viral pin that I mentioned already. When I started my own business, I you know, got into content creation mode. It was, okay, I know how to do all this stuff, but now I need to be seen as the expert. So I need to blog. I need to create content. I need to put all of my knowledge out there. So I was head down for probably nine months blogging every single week, just churning it out. And about nine months into my business, I had this moment of, huh, I should probably check Google Analytics to see what I'm doing and see, 
like what's working. I took a breath, went into my Google analytics and realized two things. Pinterest was driving 75 to 80% of my website traffic. And number two, one blog, the nine things your social media manager should be doing was generating probably about half of that traffic, just that blog from Pinterest. Wow. And it was this like, oh my, like talk about a light bulb moment. So this particular blog was really more of like a long form article. It was very detailed, very in-depth. Whether you're a social media manager or you're hiring a social media manager, like what are the key performance indicators? What do you need to be doing? And so what I did was I realized, oh my gosh, this is, this has gone viral on Pinterest. It's generating tons of traffic and people want to know about it. So I walked the blog back to more of a top level blog and created a free ebook out of it. That was the more in-depth information and put it behind an email gate. So it was still free, but it was, Hey, here's all the things, you know, and we all know this tactic as a funnel, you put the really good stuff behind an email and a value exchange. So my email list tripled over six months after I made that one change. And again, as I already said, I, that blog still is in the top five every single month for me from Pinterest. And I get email signups every single day still from that three-year-old piece of content. So uh, the difference, and that's for me, I mean, if you can consider anything passive, like I don't have to do anything with that. I'm not doing challenges. I'm not, you know, doing all that ramp up launch, you know, effort that we all see nowadays with online marketing. That is something that I set up correctly from Pinterest and let Pinterest work its magic. And the return has been incredible. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about Pinterest. I mean, it's, I've honestly, guys, like I've even thought about just shutting down like Facebook ads sometimes because they're so fickle. <laughs> and I'm just like, hmm, how do I put more money into Pinterest? Because it does, it has such great returns. And it like, I was actually really hesitant to jump into Pinterest marketing or like using it as a lead generation platform because by the time I got started with it, Melissa Griffin's Pimpinite Growth course had been out forever. Everybody had already been on Pinterest, or so I thought. And I was like, ah, oh, it's too late. Like I'm looking at it more and more every day. And I'm like looking at like I, I work with a Pinterest manager and she's been telling me interesting things about like from this Pinterest conference and everything. The number of people apparently that are on Pinterest as B2B or like business owners are like just like paling in comparison to home improvement bloggers or fashion bloggers. So there's still a lot of room left for people that are serving B2C or B2B. And there's still a lot of room. The wedding industry is, believe it or not, still not completely saturated on Pinterest. So there's still room for those of you out there that are serving B2C, business to consumer or business to client. There's still a lot of room for you guys out there to get involved and invest, whether it's your time or your money or both in Pinterest. So Kara, I want to briefly like foray into what are promoted pins and are they a good idea? Like if we're getting started with Pinterest, do we need to do promoted pins? That is an excellent question. And the number of people who have come to me probably in the last six months 
telling me I need something different than Facebook ads, or I need to expand where I'm getting my audience from. Let's talk about Pinterest. Or I wish I had done this a year ago. There is so much room for growth, just as you said, and it's growing exponentially. So there are two types of business owners that are on Pinterest. They are the ones that are either e-commerce, so they're selling some sort of physical product, or they're content creators like we are, where they are service-based or they have digital online products or online courses, those types of businesses. So the great thing is promoted pins can work really well for both of those. So let's start with e-commerce. There are two e-commerce shopping platforms that are currently integrated with Pinterest. And that is Shopify, which many people are familiar with. And I believe the other one is Big Commerce. So the benefit of being on one of those platforms when you are selling a product is that it integrates with commerce and you, or I'm sorry, with Pinterest and you get access to your audience being able to shop right within Pinterest. So if you have ever seen a shopping bag or clicked on a product where it says add to bag right underneath the product pin, that is somebody that is on one of those two platforms. And the great thing is, is it literally doubles your chances of making a sale. That person can either buy right within Pinterest or they can click through to your site and buy on your site. So that is that business to consumer example. And promoted pins are great because they offer you retargeting features just like Facebook does. So you can retarget people that have already been to your online store. You can retarget people that have saved or clicked on any of your product pins, or you can try to reach a new audience via lookalike audiences or keywords, you know, any of the normal stuff that we see with paid advertising audiences. So for example, it's funny you mentioned the wedding industry. I have a client that we've been doing promoted pins for probably about five or six months now, and she does wedding favors and she's on Shopify and we have gotten her pins so fine tuned that on her retargeting campaigns, she's getting a 1200% return cash money. So the money she is spending on ads versus what she is making in her online store from those ads. It's incredible. Wow. Yeah. That is remarkable. Yes. So quick question about that. So in case somebody who's listening is like, well, the only thing that I have to sell is like a wedding package. Does that make sense? Or are there certain types of things that make more sense for a promoted pin versus something that's a little bit more pricey? So my rule of thumb for promoted pins is I don't put ad dollars behind anything that doesn't lead to minimum of an email address. So I wouldn't necessarily run a promoted pin to just a regular blog post that doesn't have some sort of opt-in. That's not to say you shouldn't put that content up on Pinterest as it is because you want that content out there getting fed around the Pinterest universe. But as far as ad dollars, my minimum threshold is there's got to be an email exchange for it. So if that person is selling a wedding package and they have some sort of get your free checklist, sure. 
And then the onus is on them to set them up into a really great email sequence where they are building that know, like, and trust and that relationship with that potential client. So can you give us like an example of how that might work with a promoted pins campaign or like what somebody that has that kind of service business would think about putting as the front end of the funnel that's connected to the promoted pin? Maybe this is getting a little too like esoteric for some of our audience, but I really want to dive into like the theory and the strategy of what this might look like. And yeah, I mean, I think people are curious, like, is this for other people? So what you need to know about the Pinterest audience is that when somebody's on Pinterest, they are looking for how to do something better, how to, um, you know, they're dreaming, they're aspiring, they are gathering information, they are project planning. This is different than they're sitting on their couch scrolling through Instagram while they're watching whatever the latest Netflix is that they're binging on. This is, you know, whether it's, I want to relandscape my yard this summer, or I want to know how to be more productive in my day and have better to-do lists. That mindset that they're in is very different. Because of that, People aren't always ready to buy when it comes to business to business type things. So the infopreneurs and people that are selling services and courses. But what happens is people are looking for how to do something better. And so they look and they find here's a free download. Here is, you know, your guide to how to do something here is whatever it is that they're looking for. And they're going to save it or they're going to click through and they're going to come back to it later. So the beginning of this marketing funnel is what can I offer usually for free my audience that is going to be useful for them, going to help them move forward with whatever that project or dream is for them. So it usually starts with what is an opt-in or a freebie. So what happens is Pinterest is when you look at a marketing funnel and you look at the very top being that awareness, Pinterest is the very top of that marketing funnel. So to make it super simple, Okay, you have the top of the marketing funnel, you have your Pinterest audience, you've put up a great pin that is keyword optimized, and you've put some ad dollars behind it with a promoted pin, and it is driving people to your blog on how to have a more productive day, and in the blog is a form, whatever it is, an opt-in button for a checklist, for how to have a more productive day in exchange for an email address. Then they get it on your email list and they're set up with, you know, the typical three to five email sequence where you are helping them get the most out of this freebie or this opt-in. And at some point you are offering a tripwire product that's low cost. You're offering them to join your Facebook group to get to know them better, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a really clear path for infopreneurs service-based businesses to, okay, we want to, we want to get this freebie or this opt-in out there to as many people as possible that are interested in what we have to offer. And we're going to put some ad dollars behind that to get that boost in traffic. 
So in terms of a tripwire product, I feel like people are going to be like, okay, I'm down with the funnel thing. I'm going to try this out, but they might get stuck with a tripwire. What does that look like to have a successful tripwire? People are always like concerned about, you know, I just gave this freebie. How do I like make sure that the Pinterest thing connects with the freebie, the freebie thing connects with the, the tripwire offer? How do you make it so that it makes sense for their funnel? Sure. So when I say tripwire, for anybody that doesn't know, that usually means a low cost product that makes sense with whatever the funnel is. So if I were to offer somebody a freebie for how to have a more productive day, my tripwire might be something like, here's a $27 training video on how to set up your Google calendar with tasks and to-dos and time blocking, something like that. For me, I have a tripwire that is seven steps to Pinterest for business. So while I have a much bigger course and I do have several you know, freebies and opt-ins, my core tripwire product is designed to help people get started right away with Pinterest to make it easy, to make it you know, bite-sized, pieces of information that they can take action on, that's a minimal investment. So it's not, here's my $1,000 launch or course or community or whatever it is. It's, I want to help you keep moving forward. And here's how you can do that for a minimal investment. Gotcha. So like, what's the first step here? Do we just need to hire you? Like, (laughs) do we need to write a blog post and pin it? That's always a good plan. So And I love talking about this because most of the time when I'm talking to students or people in groups or whatever about where to get started, Pinterest falls into this overwhelm of, I need all this extra time and I need to set aside a week or a month or whatever to figure this out. It feels like an impossible to do. So what I would say is the best place to start is to actually look at your Google Analytics and see what is your top performing content. So if you've been in business a while and you've been creating content a while, you might have, you know, a hundred blogs or videos or whatever. And the thought of creating pin graphics for every single one of those seems like, yeah, right. In all my spare time. Okay. What you need to start with instead of just going down the list is look at your Google analytics, look at the last three months, six months, a year, however you want to break it down and pick those top five traffic drivers to your site. It's exactly what I did with the viral pin that I mentioned that I still get email signups for. Pick those pieces of content and figure out how you can offer some sort of opt-in that makes sense for whatever that content is. I typically do three different Pinterest graphics for each piece of content. The reason being is it's a visual platform people make a split second decision on if they're going to click on something based on whether they like that graphic. And sometimes what you think is going to perform the best doesn't or vice versa. You know, sometimes you, you hit it on the nose, but I like to create three different graphics that have different colors or different images or whatever it is. And I will put up those three for every single blog or piece of content that I have and get it out there with good keyword optimized descriptions. Can you talk a little bit more about the keyword optimized descriptions? I know we've heard about like 
SEO and keywords and stuff like that. But I think there's a lot of theory that's fluffy and not really concrete. (laughs) Sure. So Pinterest, again, it's a search engine. It's a visual-based search engine, but it is a search engine. And the phrase I like to use is keywords get you found, graphics get you clicked. Keywords are hands down the most important element in getting your Pinterest strategy right. So they do this really handy dandy thing where they have this search bar at the top of Pinterest and it's guided search. What that means is if you've, you know, you go on Google, when you start typing something in, it will drop down like options for what it thinks you might be searching for or what other people are searching for. Pinterest does the exact same thing. So when you start typing in that search bar, say you're typing for productivity, it's going to give you not only productivity, but a drop down of other keywords and keyword phrases associated with productivity that people are actually searching for on Pinterest. So one of the first things that I do with clients is I go through and I do all of their keyword research. So I'm looking for what are the complementary industries, not just specifically what their business is about or their offering is about, but what would people be searching for if they're looking to improve upon whatever you offer as a service? So once you kind of have that list going of keywords and keyword phrases, what you need to know is there are several places in your Pinterest profile where keywords are super important. So they are important in your username. They are important in your about us section. And they are important in your board titles and descriptions. But the most important place with the keywords is the actual pin description. And like any best practices too. Yeah, that's what I'm about to dive into. So there was a lot of people for a few years that would just keyword stuff. Like literally you would just see a list of keywords and keyword phrases in board descriptions and pin descriptions, etc. Pinterest has come out and said, yeah, we don't really like that so much. Best practices are editorial prose where the keywords make sense. So not keyword stuffing, but actually taking some time and effort to create something readable that has your keywords in it. So when I put up a pin description, I my typical formula is one to two sentences that are keyword rich, but they're still re- they're normal sentences. And then I will have three to five hashtags, and we can talk about hashtags in a second, three to five hashtags. And then I also put in the specific URL of where that pin is clicking through to. The reason I do that, and there are people that go back and forth on whether that's helpful or not or necessary or not, it's not going to hurt you. So know that. I like doing it because people they pin and they repin and your pins get out there everywhere. I mean, once your pin is out there, you can never take it back and things get changed. You know, things happen with how people repin. And so I like having that extra step of this is where this pin is supposed to go in the description. So that is the formula that I follow for any time I put up one of my own pins. So Pinterest also just came out and said, 
the original pin that you put up, say I have a new blog on Pinterest marketing, whatever it is, and I have a great graphic, I have a great description for the pin, where do I put it first? I always put it on the board that most closely matches the subject matter. So instead of putting it on my brand board first, my carachase.com on the blog board, I'm actually going to put it on my Pinterest marketing board because what Pinterest has said is when that pin then gets repinned and reshared across your boards, group boards, tailwind tribes, anybody that's repinning it to their own stuff, it actually brings in metadata, metadata, the keyword content in the board in the board description. So I would much rather have a Pinterest marketing blog pull in the description of my Pinterest marketing board versus my general, here's my Kara Chase branded on the blog board. So that's another really important thing to know. I also asked a question at the Pinterest conference because I am not a Pinterest expert about board titles and how you have to make sure that the board titles are searchable. Like you can't just have it be a cute thing, which is something that Raina and Co. needs to fix. <laughs> anyway, it was so eye-opening to me because, you know, back in the day before Pinterest became like a strategic tool that one was supposed to use and people were just using it as like how to plan your wedding or how to plan a baby shower or whatever. And now it's like an actual tool that people use in their businesses. So just thinking about that, and it is a visual search engine, like you said, and making sure that those pieces are searchable and not just random shenanigans. Or, you know, I see people with like cute brackets around their titles and like spaces between letters, and that's not searchable. And so that's something that I'm going to have to fix. So that's exactly right. You know why? Because Google indexes Pinterest boards. How awesome is that? Ooh, so double duty. Yes. So if you're on Google and you search for something, there's a Pinterest board that hits that keyword phrasing. It's going to come up in regular old Google search. It's awesome. That's another incentive to spend a little bit more time. So for somebody who's like, okay, I really haven't been using Pinterest very well, or I have a whole lot of content that I feel like I should be doing something with, give us like one week plan for how they can get their booties into gear. Yes, I would love to. So this is all covered in my tripwire, the seven steps to Pinterest for business. And it's all video training. So I actually screen share and walk through exactly what you need to do where. And it's all like bite-sized chunks that you can do. I mean, if you were overzealous, you could do it in a day, but it's designed to be like 20 to 30 minutes over the course of a week to get you started. So the first thing is getting that keyword list. That is the most important thing on Pinterest is knowing your keywords, what people are actually searching for on Pinterest so you can get your content found. The second thing is actually optimizing your profile. Most people would say, well, don't you want to set up your profile first? And I say keywords come first because you have to know what keywords to put in your profile. So you need to make sure you're on a business account. It doesn't cost any more. It's just literally the click of a button to switch to a business profile. And within that, you need to confirm your website. And that is super important because you want Pinterest and your website to be able to talk to each other so you can get really good analytics and find out what's working between Pinterest traffic and your website. And then it's doing the things like cleaning up 
the group boards for ones that maybe you shouldn't be on anymore. If you're on a ton of group boards, it's cleaning up those board titles. It's making sure that your boards fit with your business and your service. So here's another key point. I get a lot of questions about, should I have personal? Should I have business? Like, should I have two separate accounts? What's the best thing to do there? What you need to know, especially now that Pinterest has gone with the followers feature where you can now see a feed that is just people you follow, you really do want to make sure that people are finding your profile and following your profile because of the information you are providing as a business. I don't necessarily want a whole bunch of followers that found me because of some great keto recipes that I put up. So while I can figure out how to do some of those main categories like DIY, home decor, whatever, as part of my business, you don't want it to be all random personal stuff. For example, I work from home. I talk a lot about productivity, working from home, being a mompreneur, that kind of stuff. So I have a home decor board, but it's like home office inspiration. It's very fine tuned to my brand and what I'm talking about in my life as an entrepreneur. My woman's fashion board is not the repins from the Balenciaga runway. It is working from home, but still being true to my style and being comfortable at the same time, that kind of stuff. So think critically about, is this a personal board that I can somehow tweak both in content and in keywords to match who I am putting myself out there as a brand? So when you think about cleaning up your your profile, keep that in mind as well. And then you want to go through and do things like if you want to be consistent, you're probably going to want to join Tailwind. That's a Pinterest scheduler that makes it really easy to stay on track. Pinterest has come out and said their number one thing is consistency. It's not about did you put up 100 pins last week and so your content is out there, but you haven't repinned or pinned anything you know, in a month after that. They're far more concerned with people that are consistent and Tailwind helps you do that. And then there's strategies like joining group boards and Tailwind tribes to help maximize your content and your exposure and getting your pins out there. So it's pretty, I mean, it's simple. It does take effort to do it and kind of going through the checklist of like, okay, I've got my keywords. Okay, my website's confirmed. Okay, my board titles are cleaned up. But I mean, in all honesty, if you sat down and did it, it would take you less than a week, 20, 30 minutes a day to get it all situated. It's kind of like bookkeeping, I feel like where like, you know, it's not going to take you that long, but you just keep putting it off because you either don't know if you're doing it right or it's just not like the most creative thing you could be doing. And for a lot of us out there, it's like, well, we'd rather be doodling in our Procreate app or something. So I get it, but it is, I mean, I can't stress how important it is. And it it always boggles my mind that I preach about how well Pinterest has done for us as the contract shop. I've only heard the same results. And of course that's anecdotal, but I mean, I preach about it all the time. It's like not a secret. And yet everybody's still out there. Like, how do I get better at Instagram? How do I get more followers on Instagram? And I'm like, okay, well, don't you want more for me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I will say like when you're ready to get started with promoted pins, that's kind of the last thing that I include in my basics course is 
you don't have to invest a lot of money. It is so affordable. I just put up a pin today that was like, here's 20 bucks and you know, Pinterest only spends your money when it's actually working versus Facebook will take your money all day long, whether it works or not. So if you don't have your keywords right, if your your graphic isn't going very well, like people aren't clicking it, it's not going to spend your money, which is really awesome. I have a student right now in my bigger course, an online community, that she is doing a free quiz. So it's not a traditional like, here's your download freebie opt-in. Her freebie is this free quiz. And it's a personality quiz based on archetypes and and some other cool stuff that is pretty popular right now. And I don't remember the exact figures offhand, but she spent something like $30 over the course of four weeks. And she was getting eight cents an email address, not eight cents a click. Ooh, wee. Cents an email address. You will not hear that on Facebook ads, y'all. Nope. So Yes, it is like bookkeeping, but it's kind of one of those, like the more you see it work for your business, the more exciting it is and the more time you want to put into it. So taking those first steps to get you over the hump and kind of get things going is going to serve you so well in the long run. So, so good. Well, we're going to wrap this up, Kara, by asking you, what does your future creative empire look like? You've got some big things happening in the next couple months. (laughs) Yes, yes, literally. And it's actually funny you should say that. So I hate even calling it a course because it really is an online community called Pinterest Power Up. It is everything Pinterest A to Z. It is from clicking that button to make it a business profile all the way to running, managing, and optimizing multiple promoted pin campaigns. And we have training. We just wrapped up our quarterly power session where we do a week-long workshop online for planning out our content for the next quarter and how we do that with Pinterest. And up until now, as of the time of this recording, it has been lifetime access. And after this summer, I'm actually turning it into a membership community. So basically, if you get in before September-ish, you'll get lifetime access and not membership. So that is what I'm working on over the next few months. Woohoo. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kara, for sharing all of the Pinterest knowledge with us. Where can everyone find you and connect with you online? Yeah, absolutely. So carachase.com and it's C-A-R-A-C-H-A-C-E, all A's and all C's. And that's my website and all of my handles are at carachase. Awesome. And where can people find the free thing and then the boot camp as well or the seven day one? Yeah, absolutely. So on my website, if you click on courses, it's going to have not only the free courses I have out there, but seven steps to Pinterest for business, which is my introductory tripwire course and then information on Pinterest power up as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all of the knowledge you've shared and everyone listening out there, go and grab it and go build your creative empire. Are you ready to build your own empire? For more information, show notes, downloads, and tips on how to do it, head to www.creativeempire.co, where you can find out more about this week's episode and the two lovely ladies behind it all, encouraging you to build your own creative empire. 
If you enjoyed this week's show, it would mean so much to Raina and Christina if you could take two minutes to go to iTunes and leave a review. It's a little thing that makes a big difference for the show. 